0: My name is Lewis. Welcome to the show. Now, I was always taught that everyone has something they can teach you, if you're willing to listen. So, in that spirit, I started this podcast to do exactly that. Talk to interesting people and see what I can learn from them. This episode, the first episode, we speak with Prithvi Singh about the Bible, religion and its origin, and sharks.
1: I just made it a bit loud now. Mm-hmm. We can
0: just use this as an experiment.
1: Oh no, I just I just enjoy talking
0: to you, This, yeah, just keep mind. this is fucking awesome. I want to be on this all the time, dude. That's awesome, friend. No, no dude, I'd love to have these sorts of conversations. A fucking fist bump, yes, sir. No Ooh, little hand holding too. Back to Roman No. <laughs> <laughs> keep going. So you're talking about sharks.
1: Back to sharks. Yes. Um, when you mentioned, um, like, so on the topic of shark attacks and things. Have you seen this image they showed like what people look like um, when they're surfing? Like if you're looking from a, sh- shark's eye a view. Shark's eye view of it. Instead of a bird's eye view. Yeah. Yeah. down, like a looking shark's eye view. Shark's eye view. Coin so, that phrase man. <laughs> <honest. laughs> so a shark's eye view, or a, you know, like a blubberfish view. Yeah, yeah. If they had, if they could see. <laughs> sharks eat walruses and basically Seals and Seals shit. and stuff. Penguins. They do, but it's less likely because penguins, they they're, they're oh, chill. Yeah. They're chill with them. Yeah, they almost. But the shape of a seal is very close to that of a surfer who's like lying flat on their board and kind of like paddling yeah, yeah, their padding. legs yeah, out. Yeah, the yeah. legs kind of look like the flippers with the board. Yeah. And the hands just look like, what, do, do seals yeah. have fins? Yeah, flubber fins or something. Flipping, something yeah, over, yeah, But the hand flippers. Seal up And so when a shark looks, on, when they look from below you to a surfer, they take one bite. And they don't... There's a lot of people who survive shark attacks. Yeah. And it's because sharks taste humanly oh, well. this, this isn't it. This isn't a seal.
0: It doesn't taste good. It's bone it must and be wood. so bony. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. The seals, like, you can imagine, like, if you were a shark, like, if you are an apex predator, yeah, like, a seal must be really tasty because that shit is just, like, fat. And if you are an apex predator, I bet that's, like, what you need in your life is protein and fat. Whereas we're just crunchy. We're kind of like... Okay. Okay, so you know, there's like the nice part of the chicken, like a chicken thigh or yes. something. Yes. Oh, yes. Like, we must be like the, the wing tips of a chicken wing. Like, yeah, there's meat there, but it's kind of like stringy and chewy and like crunchy. It's just, just not pleasant, man.
1: I would, I would, if I was an animal, I wouldn't want to eat a human. No. What would, if. Okay, now, what is your favorite animal to eat? Like, like forget, forget to, like a meat, eat. forget a meat slice. But if you yeah. can imagine an animal, don't imagine, just remember an animal. <laughs> cool. And which one to you looks the tastiest? Not not like the meat itself, but the, yeah, yeah.
0: the animal. Pigs don't look tasty. Mm. Pigs look like dirty as fuck. Like if I saw a pig, I mean, if I was hungry, I'd eat a pig. But if I see a pig like roaming around... Look at that, like, oh, man. Muslims have the same view. <laughs> <laughs> well, straight up, right? I mean, yeah. even like a cow, like a cow doesn't... I don't know, they just seem kind of unclean. I don't, I kind like of a chicken, it. like, I could eat a chicken because a chicken looks like, I don't know, it just... It's
1: a bit feathery.
0: Yeah, but uncanny. I can see past that prick. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I can I can look beyond the mundane. <laughs> that's the more way to put it no I I, I think I could eat chicken um, I mean fish it's funny man my mum is so picky with her food she, here you go this is completely true my mum will not eat fish because it's ugly Ooh. that's her justification she will not eat fish because she says it looks ugly and she refuses to eat anything that looks ugly
1: the fish meat or the raw fish the itself. Raw fish.
0: I mean, the she says it's fine when it's chopped up because you know salmon's just like, pink, pink, yeah. But she, she like can't handle the eyes, like fish <laughs> eyes.
1: To be honest, those are a little bit. They don't creep me out, but I tend not to buy raw fish in like in its entirety. I tend to get the fillets. Yeah. Um, but when I do see a fish eye, it's like, do I like? You can eat that, but it's just. It's just weird. It's looking at you. Yeah, man. Do you see yourself when you look into
0: it? <laughs> when you gaze into the abyss and the abyss gazes back. Oh, no. Do you know who said that? That was Nietzsche. Ooh. Smart fucking dude.
1: Was that in his, um... He wrote there's some like,
0: Beyond Good and Evil. Was that from there or was that just a general quote I'm from good, him? I'm good, dude. I should know this. I did a module on Nietzsche from Philosophy. I should know this. Nietzsche's one of my favourite philosophers. Um... He was just full of wise shit. I do not remember w- where that was from. Um, but, yeah, he, he had some, um, some, like, major books. Yeah, Beyond Good and Evil was one. The Antichrist, amazing. Thus Spoke Zarathustra. What a title is that.
1: That is amazing.
0: Yeah. Um, I'll be honest, I don't even remember the, the content of that book. It was something like Zarathustra is this dude... He comes down from the mountain where he's kind of been a bit of a hermit, and he tries to talk to the people, but they don't want to listen. It's something like that. That even that is probably wrong. I'm more up to date on Nietzsche on his like morality stuff, where he says about he shits on religion, particularly Christianity, and he's like, hey man, these Christians, they think they're so morally righteous, but you know, and they see people who aren't Christian as very morally. Unrighteous, they're immoral, you know. But he's just like, "Hey, we're all just people, man." <laughs> like he's saying, he, he uses his parable of the lambs and the and the, the birds of prey, and and the lambs are the metaphor for the Christians, and from their perspective, the Christians are like, "Ah, oh, we lambs, we're so virtuous, like we wouldn't hurt a fly." But these birds of prey who pick us off one by one—they're morally wrong, man. They're so evil, you know. We're just trying to do our morally righteous thing, and these eagles keep coming around and snatching us up, like, that's so fucked up. But then he's just like, nah, dude, they're just birds. Like, they're just doing their thing. There's no morality in it. And actually, you going around saying, oh, you're so morally good because you don't hurt people, you're just a lamb. Like, that's not morally good. It just kind of is what it is. It's kind of like saying this whole thing of, like, oh, turn the other cheek, you know, I'm doing this because I'm a good Christian. He's kind of like shitting on that saying, Nah, you're doing it because you're weak and you're disguising it as... As virtuousness, as goodness, as if you were doing it by choice, but really it's like you're too scared to do anything about it. Nietzsche was so scathing, man. Nietzsche just, like, went for the throat. I love it.
1: I've never heard... I mean, I don't know much about Nietzsche. I yeah. knew a bit here and there because I bought Beyond Good and Evil and a lit interpretation manual or something. Yeah. The manual was bigger than the book. Yeah, so that it makes was, sense. And I was like, oh, interesting. Yeah. And I never read it. but i do i do have that um view on christianity and religion as a whole is that they were written the books the, the scripture whether you believe it comes from god or um someone wrote it interpreting god's word or someone just wrote it it was written with a purpose and an intent for the audience at the time yeah um I mean, I had this amazing religious studies teacher in uh, during my GCSEs at school. I won't mention his name, um, because he always used to say, he'd close the door and says, what we discuss in this room stays in this room.
0: Damn, for real.
1: Because he would talk about... So he, was, he was a... Re- oh, I can't even mention that. People would figure out. I shouldn't even
0: mention can, say he. It's can, a, can, you can you keep it vague? Because I'm really curious, though. He was a reverend. Oh, for real. And... ooh. It's
1: okay, we, we can you know edit what? this out if it's, if it's inappropriate. You don't need to name it. So Reverend Manier was an um, amazing guy. He's a reverend, so he'd, he'd have the whole priest get up whenever he'd do uh, his service and stuff. But he, um, what a guy. He was in the military for a bit, he became reverend, and he basically says, yeah, these books are a load of horse uh, crap in a sense, like people who interpret them too literally. Because if you want to interpret them really literally, I could show you a bunch of gruesome, vile things in these books that people just seem to ignore. Yeah. and he Selective says, cherry picking. Word. In a, He wanted, well, he was writing a book, I think he may have published it under a pseudonym. Um, it was called Sex, Lies, and a Nail Through the Head. What Stories from the, the Bible that oh. people ignore. Oh my God, man. That's and such a metal title. That's a type. metal title, honestly. A nail through the head. Yeah, Sex, Lies, and a Nail Through the Head. And it's like these Jesus. are things that are discussed in the Bible. People don't, or they don't choose to look at it yeah. or interpret yeah, it the yeah, way yeah. it should be. They want to, yeah. they interpret things literally where they want the literal definition. Yeah. And, or the literal meaning. Yeah. And they, they take the metaphorical or implied meaning for things when it suits them in other areas. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, like you mentioned, it's a selective cherry baking. Like, take it all as it is, or be crit- be Take it as it is, but then be critical. By yeah. giving it context of the yeah. time it was written, Mark's gospel it was written like all the gospels. Christians are being persecuted at the time, um, and it was written to comfort comfort them, um, the early Christians yeah, yeah. in their suffering. To say, you know what, life's rough, but there's a greater kingdom beyond, um, somewhere where you can go. It's a garden of solace on this a land, and it was. It's amazing stuff. The way the Gospels are written. They're actually quite good literature in some regards. Oh, well, dude. I mean... I
0: love the the
1: words, the language. Oh, it's, yeah.
0: It's so inspiring. Dude, we could talk about this shit all day. Honestly. I, I mean, this is a really good topic for us to accidentally stumble onto, as is, Isn't life so cool like that? You just kind of, like, accidentally stumble on stuff. Serendipity. Serendipolis. Serendip- I've heard that word so many times. What does that mean?
1: When, um, you... Okay, so the isn't context like... I can give it is, like... I think it's when you accidentally find the solution by doing the making a mistake. Oh, so it's like a serendipitous encounter. Yeah. I might be completely wrong. No, but it, I know it's something like, like that. Like, you know, penicillin. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was created through serendipity. Example.
0: That is a perfect example.
1: It might not be. I don't know if that's what it is.
0: No, but I, I know if we're talking about the same idea, even if that's not the yeah. word for it, but serendipity, I have like a vague <laughs> yeah. association of that. Idea yeah, about it. Anyway, um, the the religion thing. Too, I love religion so much. I absolutely love, is our food nearly here.
1: No, I carry so on. Crazy. Keep keep going with religion. <laughs> Feed them the the religion size hole
0: in your heart. Um, said uh, it's a big hole, man I'm fucking having even. But... <laughs> anyway, um, the religion I find so fascinating. I'm not religious. I'm spiritual. I find religion so interesting. Um, I see the Bible as a collection of stories intended to guide us through metaphor. I think seeing the Bible as a literal thing is ridiculous. Like, I don't think that's controversial. I mean, I think actually, even among Christians, I imagine that's not particularly controversial to say that, the Bible isn't, like, a history book, you know, about the origins of the world. However, it depends what you mean by history because it is human history in another way. It's it's telling archetypical stories. It's telling you smiled at that prayer. I love, I love if, if anyone's talking about archetypes, I just want to slide into that conversation. <laughs> like, the Bible tells us how to act but not in, like, a like we were talking earlier about Nietzsche, like, oh, turn the other cheek kind of thing. It's like, there's so much rich metaphor and and explanations for, like, things that are important. Let me give you an idea. So the Tower of Babel is a brilliant story. It's a very short story. It's um, sort of when stuff starts kicking off and the world gets populated by people, humans decide to make this enormous tower. And they're all working together in a harmony. the idea is that they don't really need God anymore. Like, look how powerful they've become by themselves. They're using cooperation and community so they build this enormous tower and God sees it and he's like, Whoa, that's uh, <laughs> that's not gonna work, buddy. So then but what he does, which is so cool, is that you know, God is all powerful. In the old testament, like he just fucked people up whenever he wanted to. So he's got the power to do whatever he wants. But he doesn't kill everyone. He just makes sure they can't speak to each other. Do you know this story? I've heard of it vaguely. So so what he yeah. does is he he divides the world by language. So that, for me, is so fascinating. Like, why Why language? Why not just, you know, you, you're God, you can do anything. Why not just make people forget? Why not, you could bring in the idea of free will, but I'm sure there's a fucking loophole there somewhere, right? Well, like, God destroying Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, that seems like kind of an inhib- inhibition of people's free will to, like, murder them. But anyway, yeah, why, why do that? That's, that's such an odd thing to do. Um, so stuff like that, but it's like, well, okay, why? Well, it's the word. The Bible begins with, in, in Genesis 1-1, in the beginning there was the Word, and the Word was God. The Word was God. Like, What does that mean? Well, it's like it's language. Language is godliness. See, that's how I interpret that. That's a metaphor. I mean, there's so much more to it. But then the Tower of Babel, that, that parable, that story, reinforces that because it's like God saw that Humans were becoming godlike in their ability to communicate with each other and create this larger than life structure. So, what does he do? He inhibits their capacity to be godlike and takes away their language, their ability to, to communicate with each other.
1: I've never heard, I've heard of that oh story. I never knew that the first words of the Bible or in the book of Genesis were.
0: Yeah, Genesis 1 1. There's different translations, but the famous one is in the beginning there was the Word. The word or in the beginning was, was the Word, and the Word was God, yeah. It's powerful stuff. Yeah, because, and this is the thing, I think when people shit on religion, it's like the, the condescending 14-year-old atheist. It's like, oh, really? The Word was God? Like, that's so ridiculous. It's like, yeah, if you read it, literally it literally is. But the people who wrote the Bible weren't idiots. There's a reason why it's the most famous book in human history it's survived for thousands of years through wars and conquests retranslations, all of these things there's so many opportunities for that book to be lost I mean fuck it man we have no idea how many books have been lost at a time think of the Library of Alexandria like some things are so powerful you can't kill and that tells you that they're they're valuable there's a cynical way of looking at it which is oh you know religion brainwashes people so of course it's going to be powerful it's like no it's not like that the world doesn't the world doesn't survive through brainwashing. Like, that system is inherently unstable, and it self-destructs. Look at communism. I mean, that's a whole thing in and of itself, but, like, look at Stalin. He created a, a a terror, and it imploded. Like, obviously, after a long time. But my point being, that that takes effort to sustain, whereas something which people find inherently valuable, they actively seek out and maintain themselves irrespective of threat or punishment maybe even because of it as a fuck you
1: I feel like when you mentioned the um, like with someone writing up the bible and stuff would they ever foresee that would become or Christianity would become the institution that it is today? <laughs> it's a powerful word but yeah, no, yes. there's communities I think of Christians Dude, but then like religion as a whole up. is a institution yeah I mean could people see that you couldn't so the intention behind it wasn't to manipulate the masses but to guide those in the current time of what's happening yeah well like you said about who's that was that Mark Mark's book, uh, Mark's Gospel. I honestly, I, I've read that to death, and I yeah. love it. I used to have it under my pillow when I didn't. But,
0: but yeah. <laughs> most kids like hit a DS <laughs> in the day. You're yeah. hiding but, the parable of Mark or the, the Mark's
1: book, book. Well, you mentioned that the books, as many are lost to time, but even deciding which books went into the the canon, the, yeah, the yeah, true yeah, canon, yeah. is very divisive because something like in the five hundred or seven hundred, um, I say set like they're way back, they're like around the corner, but um, in those years, um, 780 or something, yeah, the yeah, yeah. council that came together of um, early Christian, um, the early church, um, the the people governing it, and they decided which books kind of align to the story we want to portray of Christianity. And so there's certain books like the Book of Enoch, um, um, th- th- some Dispute this one, but the book um, Ezekiel, Ezekiel, well, Ezekiel is in the Bible. Is that, yeah, is that in the Bible. Yeah, that's in the Bible. Such a cool name. I love it, Ezekiel. Ezekiel, yeah, yeah. Um, loose Oh no, it wasn't Lucifer, but there was um, there was basically there's a bunch of different Bibles that never. Sorry, not Bibles. Different books yeah, that never that be, made it into the Bible, would, and they were arbitrarily decided. This isn't in. This isn't in. Yeah. And also, it's about authenticity. Yeah. Many things were being written at the time, but uh, who knows if. The historical people, these are authors, who knows what was real. Yeah, yeah. And you're doing it 700 years years after the fact. It's very hard. So I'm not judging them, and plus Mm. they want to guide the people in a direction. It's fair enough. Yeah. But the Book of Enoch, it's very, I say powerful, but it's fascinating. It talks about the forms of angels and um, the Nephilim and stuff. Have you, have you heard of the Nephilim? No, I haven't. They're like a race of half angel, half human giants. What The fuck. And it's super interesting yeah. to just hear about because you look into history. Um, you know the Babylonians or the um, have you have you heard of the Epic of Gilgamesh? Yeah. Um,
0: I want to read it. I've heard of it.
1: He's meant to. Well, Gilgamesh is a great king. He's in the Sumerian um, time scales. They have. Um, the way they describe the kings, they live for thousands of years based on how they record time. But yeah, that they know that that's not normal. They themselves know that's normal because they yeah. talk about seasons passing and different people coming in. But the, there's these kings that are present. Yeah, they they stay there, and yeah. they're described as giants and people like attribute them to be nephilim. And oh, I, I I don't know, maybe it's me looking too deep deep in the conspiracies into these theories and just yeah. wanting there to be something. But I love this idea of the mystery.
0: Yeah,
1: finding something. That could be true. That could not most likely isn't. Yeah. But the human mind wants to, it craves for something beyond themselves.
0: Man, I mean, that. that is religion, right? It's, um, what else is there? I mean, I really resonate with what you're saying there because <laughs> I had my... Like, exactly that, my condescending 14-year-old atheist phase where it's like, nah, man, it's all about that science and shit. And, yeah, <laughs> science is awesome. Like, I fucking talked about it earlier. But exactly that, like, what else is there? Oh, the food is here in, 15, in minutes. 15 minutes. All right, well, that will be an awesome time to wrap up the podcast. Um, dude, we're on a fucking roll. This is so fascinating. Um, but, yeah, so... Um, yeah, the I, I went from being so, like, uh, we would call it in philosophy, that would be um, a physicalist. So a physicalist is someone who, in your interpretation of the world, if we're talking ontologically speaking, so the nature of existence itself, a physicalist is like, ah, fuck it, everything's explained by purely physical phenomena. You know, um, the concept of love and energies matching, it's just chemicals. It's just brain chemistry. You need to cough. No, was protecting the mic from a burp. <laughs> so um, the physicalists say, that's it. There's nothing more to it. But as I've delved more into philosophy, I don't really care anymore about what the nature of the world actually is. They used to fuck me up, man. Like simulation theory. I told you, man. Uh, it, when I was, like, deep in my philosophy rabbit hole, that scared the fuck out of me. Like, oh, yes. is it is it all fake? What if this is all a game, a dream? And it's like, it doesn't make any difference in my life whatsoever. It's like, what a useless question. You know, yeah, you can ponder over it, we can wonder forever, you know, and the scientists now say it's likely that we're in a simulation. I don't give a fuck. Because it's like, I'm still going to live my life regardless. I'm not going to, like, go GTA, like, oh, I'm the main character in this game. I'm just going to go, you know, steal and kill and rob us. Like, I'm not going to do that so it doesn't make a difference either way, if it's real or not. Well, I'm I real. it's real. Yeah. What I feel and perceive, it seems real, so it is yeah. real to me. Exactly, and it's like the, the difference is completely... It's a moot point. It's, it's arbitrary, or I don't know what the appropriate word is, you know. Anyway, but we were talking about religion and about how I went from being so physicalist to now I'm like, man, the world truly does work in mysterious ways, and that doesn't need to be a... There is a God watching down on us, but what I find so fascinating, and I want to hear what you think about this, even the most anti-religious people I know, like my dad, for example, he fucking despises religion, everything about it, but even someone like him, who feels so strongly about the subject, even he says, ah, oh, there's something, though. He doesn't think it's God, he doesn't think it's a person, personified, but... but spiritual people and even completely anti-religious people say the universe, or being with a capital B. There's... We're all talking about the same thing. Like, every religion is talking about the same thing, whether it's Yahweh or God or... Um, uh, what are the... The Hindus and, you know, their variety of gods, the, the polytheists... I, I can list all nine... No. <laughs> nine <laughs> no, hundred, right? But, you know... And the, and, the, and the Greeks and the Romans and... Oh, man, Taoism, don't get me started on Chinese philosophy. Oh, my God, we'll save that for another time. Um, but they're all saying the same thing, man. Like the Taoist with the way, with a capital W, like the way, that's God. In the same way as that's, I don't know, Yahweh or the Hindu gods. It's just it's a structure of the world is, as you say, more. There's something more.
1: There, hmm. I mean, I, I don't want to downplay it to being something that may be inherent in our human evolution. I like to look back at, like you mentioned, there's so many similarities, and people always in the past have believed in something greater. They maybe do rituals, have shrines. Even, I think it was like 30,000 years ago, they found like a... Yeah, in mean, the Neanderthals. Like yeah, and, and they had like some very, not... Not, no pun intended. Primitive um, oh, shrines was, and stuff, yeah. um, but like believing in forest spirits and stuff. Oh, it's but yeah. it's kind of I don't know if it was like Jungian archetype. Yeah, Jungian you, archetypes. You, yeah, um, I think it's something that's oh, innate to our instinct. Inter- so like it's something that comes from our mind through an evolutionary advantage. Yeah, as in the belief of something beyond out there is a bit comforting because yeah. we're. It's not like we're all alone, but there's something that's above, maybe watching or guiding. Yeah. So something like that may be an evolutionary advantage because yeah. it brings people together as well. So potentially there's there that, in everyone, there's a belief of that. That could actually be God itself, or some, yeah. it could be something that is making us that way, or it could be a natural
0: response to the pressures yeah. we face in the real world. Yeah. There is an incredible book, that touches on this subject. For a long time, it was my favourite book ever. It's called Something Like God, A Human History of the Divine, or something like that. It is incredible, man. And this book outlines exactly that. How did how did the belief in God begin? Where did it come from? And it starts out exactly that, like the forest spirit. So so here's kind of the idea. There are two, two forces at play. One of them, and it's got a name, but I've forgotten it. Maybe you know it. It's the human biological condition to see what do you say to animate something inanimate anthropomorph (laughs) yes (laughs) anthropomorphize or something like that so what would have happened It's, it's the exact same principle that we have when when you're a kid your toys are alive like no one could tell me different my my blankets or whatever like those things had like souls as a child, right? You know, like your your toys—that like they have personalities. Like, I don't know about you, man, but like, man, I had to make sure all my toys were like together because I couldn't—they couldn't be lonely. Do you know what I mean? Like, I was, I was going to say, don't tell Disney about it; or they make a movie on it, <laughs> they, but they've already done it. So, well, man, maybe, there's a reason why that film was so fucking successful because it touches on this universal human thing of when you're a kid, it's all alive. It's all there's that's the magic to it. Anyway, so. Um. In these ancient hunter-gatherer societies, what they're going to do is... Someone's going to go out one day. Fuck it, let's call him Adam. Let's let's be, like, really symbolic and poetic. Steve. No, Adam Adam, Adam and Steve. (laughs) Steve. It was Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. (laughs) Carry on. It was Pride Month, basically. You can't do them. So... Let's, i'm gonna call him adam just to be symbolic adam goes up to the forest one day it's a foggy november morning there's mist on the on the on the forest floor it's a little bit creepy right he goes up by himself to do some foraging whatever and he sees in the distance there's this face that's staring at him and of course you shit yourself right you go oh my god you know that's that's that jolting you know the like that jolting moment where you freeze and you're like what the fuck Like, we've all experienced that at some point. But he gets closer to the tree, and he's like, oh, wait. Oh, shit, I spoiled it. But he gets closer to the face, and it's a tree. It's like a a face carved into the tree. Or, like, just how the tree has naturally grown. The trunk looks kind of human-like. And all of a sudden, it's not just a tree anymore. It's kind of... It's got a a character to it. It's a face. And all of a sudden, then, you can then begin to shift. And and as you say, it's evolutionary. You know, it brings people together. Because then he's like, hey, look at this tree. You know, it's got once you imbue it with a soul and you share that with others then they can begin to see it in the same way and all of a sudden you've got this not just a tree with a face but it's a it's a guardian of some kind it's like a forest guardian and now it's got a purpose it's got a function its function is to protect to look after to to oversee and you can see exactly how we're saying from an evolutionary perspective how useful that is because people will be more willing to connect and share they're unified by this this tree guardian And then, but you can see how it's a reflection of the culture of the time because it's that we don't have tree guardians anymore. Like we have a single god, you know, these these are the main gods because that's what that's how our society functions now. It's much more let's not get into that, that's a whole fucking thing in itself. But see, if you compare, say, the prehistoric gods, you know, you you had the river gods, the forest god, the god of the hunt. Um, and that was all relevant for the context of the time. I'm so ready for food, man. When how, how far away is it? It's. Is it outside? oh it's around pop away, oh, uh, poplar, poplar. Well, how long have we got? About five minutes. That's fine. It's not bad. Let's wrap this up. So, you've got, you know, the the tree guardians, and then then after however long it takes to get to say the Greeks, their gods are a reflection of their society. You've got the god of war, the god of messages, you know, the god of platonic love the god of wisdom like these things are much more complex concepts because the society of the time requires those complex concepts to be looked after by a by a particular god in contrast to a much more primitive hunter-gatherer gods back then So then as we progress through time now we have monotheistic gods and let's not get into that because that's a whole talk on morality and objectivity and all of that shit but i
1: mean it's interesting you mentioned because you could say christian christianity the old and new testament god rebranded himself um halfway through to uh, i mean maybe maybe that's no no please expand on that like if you you yourself know the old testament's gruesome vivid with its war and graphic nature and then there's a sudden change it's a rebranding of it was trying to show a different light of god and what religion what christianity is yeah um i i just love that it's like it's so fascinating maybe it's weird was a too? like why was there a sudden change of hearts like shouldn't god be stable persisting un, unchanging it should yeah. be it should, that's that's how i view it but then maybe it's
0: how we shift our lens of what the yeah. divine is yeah dude i mean funny i was helping my little brother with his um his re homework like, yesterday, it was so... Dude, the, the stuff they learn at school now is so cool. That makes me sound so old. they like, ten years younger than me. But now they're learning about other religions. When I was at school, I don't know about you, but it was just, like, Christianity, Sikhism, a little bit of Hinduism. You're learning about them Hindus nowadays yeah. in school? Yeah. That ain't right. that don't sit right with me. <laughs> shouldn't be allowed <laughs> yeah, now, shouldn't be allowed now. But um, it's so cool. Anyway, so... um I'll leave this as my final thought and then we can go get our food because I'm so hungry. This has been an absolute pleasure, man. Oh um, I, I drew this diagram and it made sense for me as I drew it from. You've got the clouds up top and then you've got the ground down below and there's an arrow from the clouds going down to the ground and that's the influence religion has on people. That's, you know, you will, you will conform your behaviour to the gods, you know, you will pray to them, you will sacrifice, you will act in accordance with what they want. But then also because religion at least to my mind, as a spiritual person, not a, and a strictly religious person, humans create religion too. So because humans create religion, there's an arrow going from the ground up to the clouds as well. It's cyclical because the religion informs the society, but exactly as you said about the, how God shifted from the Old to the New Testament. The, and as we were saying about the hunter-gatherers to the Greeks to you know the monotheism, the culture of the time, the context, shapes the belief system too that's so I fascinating that's so cool man. honestly closing thoughts in general closing thoughts
1: um, this is pretty sick I can't lie I um, enjoyed this really enjoyed so enjoyed much
0: thank you man you're the first podcast Brit and not the last Do oh man I'm, I'm gonna do this more man I'm gonna do it more I call this um, I was thinking of like ideas for what to call it I think for now I'm gonna call it the layman podcast ooh cause it's like I don't know shit man and I'm here to learn and to talk about stuff.
1: What's that weird curve where it's like the gun do kinda reminds me of it, with that. Like I don't know shit. I'm gonna really be confident about it because I'm on a podcast. I'm gonna say it with
0: Gusto. gusto. Yes. <laughs> yes Yo, yes. what a perfect place to wrap up. All right. Speaking man, of Gusto, time to eat. Time yeah. to eat. Through. It's been an absolute pleasure, Leslie, with that, man. It's yes. oh, fucking awesome. Thank you very much for awesome. exciting.